Welcome to Communicate to Lead for leaders and aspiring leaders who want to clarify their message and communicate with impact. I'm your host, Keely Belton. In this show, you'll get all the tips and strategies you need to communicate with impact and lead your team to excellence. Let's get straight into today's episode. When leaders ask for their team's trust without proactively cultivating it, they ask for the impossible. Without building or working on it, you can't expect anyone to trust you. If your team doesn't know you or they don't know what to expect from you, they will not trust you. You can kiss collaboration, communication, and innovation goodbye. Your team can't function effectively or succeed without trust. And as much as we think it's everyone's responsibility to build trust, And I agree that we all have the responsibility to cultivate trust within our teams. It must start with the leader. Teams often look to their manager or leadership to determine what is expected of them and how they should act at work. If you are not modeling the behavior you want to see in your team, you can't be frustrated when they don't live up to your expectations, especially if they don't know what those expectations are. Ask yourself, what have you done or are, current, or are you currently doing to foster trust among your team? Whether it's a new team or you've had your team for a while, you can always learn to build trust more with them. Now, I have to mention that it's easier to build trust with a new team than with a team that has been together for longer. It's harder to change things when your team has already experienced your leadership and how you interact with them. But that doesn't mean it's not worth trying. If your team isn't functioning well because of a lack of trust between each other and, or perhaps with you, you must change things up if you want to succeed as a team. At this point, you're probably thinking, okay, Keely, this is great, but how do I do that? Where do I begin to build trust with a team that doesn't know me yet, or that I've worked with for a while, and honestly, I never thought about proactively building trust with them. And that, my friend, is the question we're answering today. In the rest of this episode, I will give you quick strategies that you can use to start shifting things for yourself and your team. It's never too late to create authentic connections and build trust And you don't have to read countless books or attend many workshops before you get started. Isn't that great news? Let's simplify things and dive into some tangible strategies that you can help to kickstart your trust building process. Firstly, you must connect authentically and build rapport with your team to build trust. I should probably be transparent here. I mentioned to my group coaching participants this morning that I struggle with opening up to people I don't know. And as a leadership coach and consultant, I know that the best way to get to know others is to open up first and let them get to know me. As someone who's led various teams in the past and currently have a small team, I remember how I struggled with the first team I ever managed. I was in my late 20s and most of my team members were older than I was. And because they had gotten to know me years earlier as an assistant, 
the rapport I had built with them was a relationship of a little bit of difference, I have to say. So when I joined the team again years later as a manager, roles shifted and I wasn't entirely equipped to handle difficult conversations or to establish a relationship where I clearly shared my expectation for the team and how we'd work together to achieve our goals. And boy, did we have some seriously hefty goals. My team was so revenue-driven. Our director expected us to nurture current clients and aggressively pursue new ones. I was so focused on leading by doing the work alongside my team that I'd lost sight of the management part of my role. We had some teething problems. Heads clashed when I expected team members to think innovatively about their work. And looking back at things, could I have handled things better? Absolutely. Today, I know so much more than I did 15 to 16 years ago. So how do you build rapport? Make a genuine connection. Please get to know the people on your team and let them get to know you because the more you get to know each other, the more likely you are to trust each other. Talk about your life. Tell them what you enjoy doing, your favorite sports team, or maybe even about your dream vacation and ask your team about their lives their likes, their dreams, their hopes. Who knows? You might find that you have more in common than you thought. And the more commonalities you find, the deeper your connection will be. Another great way to get to know your team is to host regular lunches. Whether you provide lunch or everyone brings their own lunch on casual Fridays and shares a meal, This, of course, is easier to do when your team is based at the same site. But that doesn't mean you can't get creative to find ways to connect with your virtual team. One option would be to host Happy Hour Fridays. On an agreed-upon time on Fridays, everyone jumps on Zoom, WebEx, or your preferred video conferencing tool and enjoys their favorite beverage. The caveat is that everyone must have their videos on because seriously, you can't forge a genuine connection with someone if you can't see their face. So for the happy hour session, videos on. Let's get to know each other. And here's another idea. One of my clients did something that I absolutely love. She booked a lunch planning session with her remote team. So they expected to show up and work. But instead of a planning meeting, She had pizzas delivered to each of her team members' homes, and they spent the hour eating together and talking about their upcoming holiday plans. Isn't that a fantastic way to show your team that you appreciate them and want to spend time with them? Yeah, I love a boss like that. There are so many great ways to connect with your team. Be creative and let them guide you in what they see as fun and exciting. You don't have to come up with all the ideas for team building and connection yourself. Get your team to lead the way to. Connecting in this way at least once a month will keep your team together, focused, and feel like a community. Okay, the second strategy is to be transparent and honest. 
even when things go wrong. Always strive to give your team as much information as possible. Because if they don't have all the data they need, guess what? Someone will fill the void with incorrect information. They will make up stories to fill the void. Tell them how the business is doing and what goals are being achieved. And when things aren't going well, tell them that too. Now, before you push back on the need for transparency, yes, there are times when you can't share everything because of perhaps confidentiality like compensation, or maybe someone's in the HR process of being let go due to performance issues. But you can certainly provide clear guidelines on performance metrics and company goals and even share notes from board meetings. Part of transparency is the ability to let to tell the truth, even when it's bad news for your team. Tell them personally. Tell them as soon as possible, especially if they are being let go, instead of having them realize that, oh my gosh, I don't have access to my computer or my key card is no longer working. Tell the truth when you, as the leader, have made a mistake. And I know this is a particularly tough one. As leaders, some of us have a harder time just coming clean. But I want to encourage you, own up to your mistakes, apologize where you need to, and offer the assurance that you'll do better next time. I learned this lesson reasonably early in my leadership career when a leader on another team was caught telling his team one thing, telling the customer involved something else, and then offering an entirely different story to our boss. It was a very messy issue that needed to be untangled. The result was that leader lost all credibility with our boss and his team. And even when he wanted to make amends, no one believed that his intentions were good. Ouch. Talk about a situation that you cannot fix. So yes, as a leader, I know it's hard to say I made a mistake and you're suffering because of what I've done. But imagine the empathy that your team could potentially have for you if you come clean and ask for their forgiveness and guidance. You don't have to know everything as the leader. Use your team's expertise and knowledge to get the job done and to strengthen the team. So that was strategy two. Here's the third strategy. Show competence. If you want to be trusted as a leader, your team must know that you're good at what you do. Very few things will erode a team's trust, like a leader or a manager who doesn't know what they're doing. Who wants to work for somebody who has no clue what they're doing, doesn't ask for help, and doesn't try to improve the situation? By the way, for people to see and know that you're good at your job, you have to be You guessed it, you have to be present. You can't be continuously absent or hide in your office where no one can see you. If you have a remote team, stay in touch via your preferred messaging software. Slack and emails seem to work very well for my clients. And honestly, they work really well for my team as well. That will help you to reach out to your team and collaborate with them. 
Besides leading a team, share your expertise and continuously hone your own skills. And this doesn't mean you have to become an expert in everything in your business or company, but rather be clear on your own niche and use your expertise to help your team achieve your shared business goals. Part of being competent is also knowing what you don't know and seeking assistance from those who do. You have a team of experts. If you're unsure of something, ask the experts on your team or seek guidance outside of your team if you don't have that expertise in-house. Ask questions often and convey an eagerness to learn. We don't have to know it all, but we have to be willing to learn from others. Strategy four, another great way to build trust is to ask your team for feedback and act on it. Do this often. Don't wait for the end of the year to ask for feedback in your performance review or maybe when someone is sitting in front of you for an exit interview. And before we continue, I know firsthand that asking for feedback isn't easy because we often link feedback to being criticized. So we tend to shy away from it. And when someone does offer us feedback, we become completely defensive and feel personally attacked. I know it and you know it. If you want to dive deeper into why we become defensive when we are given feedback, you have to read the book by Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen. It's called Thanks for the Feedback. The Science and Art of Receiving Feedback Well, even when it's off-base, unfair, poorly delivered, and frankly, you're not in the mood. Because we're not always in the mood to receive feedback, but Stone and Heen's research helped me see feedback in a completely different light, all in a good way. I'll link to the book in the show notes. Go check it out. You can find it on Amazon. And I believe if you enjoy listening to audiobooks, it's also available on Audible. It's time to see feedback as a growth tool for you and your team. Don't assume your team doesn't have feedback for you simply because they haven't offered any. A question that reframed how I ask for feedback is from the book, Change the Culture, Change the Game by Roger Connors and Tom Smith. They say, instead of asking, do you have any feedback for me? Reframe it to, what feedback do you have for me? This question immediately implies that someone does have feedback for you and that you genuinely want to hear it. You could take it further and tell your team which areas you need their help in. I often tell my public speaking clients when they're working on their presentation skills to solicit feedback from others by being specific. Instead of Susie saying, how did I do after her presentation to a friend or a colleague, I encourage her to prompt someone even before she delivers her presentation what they need to be on the lookout for. Because when you tell someone, hey, can you check out for this, they will go in there looking for that specifically. So Susie could say, hey, Jane, I'm working on making intentional eye contact and eliminating my non-words. Can you tell me how I did after the presentation? Now your feedback provider knows what they need to look out for while they are listening to you. 
Sometimes it's the simple things that make the most significant impact. Here's another example from one of my clients. She was frustrated that her team meetings often ran long and she couldn't get her team to stay on task and focus on the agreed agenda. After a coaching session with me, she asked her team for help. She told them that she needed help with ensuring that meetings were productive and didn't run longer than the allotted time. She received a lot of feedback afterward. Some were unhelpful, but the feedback that made a difference for her team was how what a few of them mentioned. And they said she neglected to rein in discussion points and allowed some team members to hijack the meeting with issues that were not even part or on the agenda. By acting on the helpful feedback, she now feels far more confident running meetings, cutting off discussions that aren't part of the agenda, and inviting her team to take those offline instead. Asking for feedback and acting on what you can is a powerful way to build continued trust with your team. If you get feedback that is unclear or that you can't act on for one or other reason, have a conversation with the person or persons who provided that feedback. That will help convey that you value your team's feedback and genuinely want to understand where it comes from. So here's your challenge. Commit to asking at least one person for feedback every single day. And if that's too overwhelming, commit to asking at least two people for feedback every week. Make it part of your team or organizational culture. Strategy number five is to be consistent in what you do and say. Ooh, this one can be a doozy. Consistently doing what you say you'll do will build trust in the long run. When you are consistent, your team will know what to expect from you. Because consistency means sticking to your commitments, showing up to meetings on time, and being consistent in your words and actions or behaviors. To help solidify consistency is crucial for trust. Let me share a quick story. We recently got a puppy as a playmate for our daughter, Alexandria. My husband signed up our puppy for puppy classes because we've had our share of bathroom accidents in the house and Tandy, our puppy, is very nippy. She likes biting. She bites anything and everything like a typical puppy. But this has seriously led to a lot of tears from Alexandria. Last Sunday, my husband and Alexandria took Tandy to her first puppy class. If you have been to a puppy training class, one of the things the instructor will tell you to help train your puppy successfully is to create a routine and to stick to the same commands to help your puppy understand what is expected of them. So that means routine and everyone in the family have to use the same commands so that Tandy knows what she needs to do and how she needs to do it. Now, I'm not comparing your team to puppies. (laughs) I really am not. But human beings are creatures of habit. We feel safe and cared for when we know what to expect from those around us, especially those leading us. As the leader, you must create that consistency and safety for your team. The more consistent you are, the safer they will feel and the more trust you will have. 
So are you going to try that out? So take a look back at how are you interacting with your team? What have you done lately? Do you show up when you need to? Do you stick to deadlines? Do you show up to meetings? And if a meeting is 40 minutes, do you stick to the 40 minutes or do you end up taking 5, 10, 20 minutes longer and you have team members who keep looking at their watch thinking, oh my gosh, I have something else that I need to do. Consistency is key. Here's the last strategy that I'm going to leave you with. This strategy is to offer frequent recognition in real time. Again, similar to feedback, don't wait until the end of the year to offer someone recognition. If someone is doing something great, tell them right away, tell them often, because that will not only boost morale, but they will trust you more. Show your team that you appreciate them beyond the paycheck they receive. It's essential to show your team that you value them and that you see their incredible work. Showing your appreciation daily will create a sense of community and help your team feel secure. And when human beings feel appreciated, they are far more likely to trust you and do more of what they already do or what you need them to do. Research has shown that most employees who receive continued recognition from their leader or boss feel a high level of trust for that particular leader. And keep in mind that it's about both private and public recognition. Don't simply have your binder ready to give the person recognition in your one-on-one conversations or at the end of the year at the formal performance appraisal. Rather, when you are in a meeting and you saw somebody be helpful or you saw someone walk the extra mile, Mention that in front of others because one, the person you're sharing the recognition to, they feel great and the others will realize, oh, wow, our leader is noticing what we're doing. They are highlighting and calling that out and recognizing the person for that. Take this recognition further by sharing it with other teams and your executive leadership team. Let others know what a great job your team is doing. It feels so good when someone on a different team or perhaps even an executive says, wow, I hear that you nailed that project. Congratulations. We love seeing that. We want more of that. And those are your strategies. Six great strategies that you can implement right away. If six feels overwhelming, pick three. Pick three of these strategies and get started. And heck, if that's even too much, pick one and do it today. I'm going to encourage you, don't wait till the the new year to try something because that's what we often tend to do. We think, okay, this is something new. I want to wait for a new beginning, a clean slate, and then I will try it. Rather, use the gift of today and try one of the strategies, whether it's coming up with lunches once a month whether it is giving recognition to your team, whether it is soliciting feedback, acting on the feedback, and reminding your team that you are there to learn from them as much as you are there to lead them. Because the more you build trust, the more you connect with the team, the easier it will be to reach out to your team and become their biggest supporter. 
Your team depends on you and you've got this. Okay, my friend, that's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with me. Go to Instagram or leave a review. Share this episode with other leaders, other potential leaders who will benefit from understanding how trust is built within teams. And that's a wrap. I will see you in two weeks. 